We had splat attack, are excited to get back to school. Unfortunately, one of the intercoms was a little faulty, so one of our students is a little muffled and a little grainy. Bear with us while our intercoms are under repair. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh, joy! Let's rock! It makes me wanna fart! Dear Journal, it's me, Doug. Do you have it? Welcome everybody to Splat Attack, where we're taking it back to the slime-filled past. I am your co-host, Brett. I am your other co-host, Alex, and Brett, school has started back up, but I think we probably should take a trip to high school. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready to go back down memory lane and uh, see what all the fellow freshmen are doing. (laughs) Well, I think we might have some exchange students with us today. Oh, really? Who's joining us today? Well, in my philosophy, ladies first. Who you calling a lady? (laughs) (laughs) Who do we have with us? Oh, you, you want like me to, to talk uh, now? Yeah. Do you want, do you want to introduce you? yourself or I can uh, introduce each of you? I could introduce myself. Hi there, okay. everyone. I'm Robin Ross. And also with us is... Hello, everybody. This is Christopher Loban. What is oh. up, guys? Thank you so much for joining us today at school to reminisce. <laughs> so we've oh, got... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> for, for oh, those no. Who I tuning... thought that was long gone. Well, for those who are tuning in and not sure who these characters are, they are actually none other than Brooke Morgan from the 90s Nickelodeon TV show 15 and Kevin St. James from Welcome Freshman, both of which aired very early in uh, Nickelodeon's heyday. To be specific, 15 aired February 2nd, 1991, and Welcome Freshman aired February 16th, 1991. So kind of close, although I believe 15 aired like a year before in Canada. Is that right, Robin? Yeah, because, you know, Canadians are always first with everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that when I was doing research for my Are You Afraid of the Dark book last year, and I'm like, wait a minute, why does the pilot say 90 instead of 91? Yeah, I think it's because they test everything out in Canada. And if somehow it passes (laughs) this test, they're like, yeah, it's good enough for the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) What a strange standard, but it is what it is. (laughs) If it rocks rocks in Canada, it's good everywhere, I guess. We've got students from Hawthorne and Hillside today. That's got a nice Mm. ring to it. I wonder if uh, those schools are near each other in the Nickelodeon universe. When I was a kid, I used to like to think that all of these fictional places kind of existed like in a John Hughes kind of way. Like they were sort of all in the same neighborhood in the same town. You know what I mean? If Kevin went far enough down the block, you might see Brooke up there. Like for some reason, I would totally ignore the fact that everybody at Hillside was Canadian. So that meant that they were several thousand miles away from anybody, (laughs) anything that I do. Only for season. And then we started, you know, cross-bordering at that point. Students from both schools went to the Avalon after school. That's Mm -hmm. right. But you knew the Canadians from the Americans when the Canadians said about. (laughs) We had to meet about four (laughs) o'clock. To my understanding, a lot of our listeners are gacoids and slimesters. They're probably not as familiar with 15 and Welcome Freshman because it was so early. And we have a lot of Nick kids who were probably mid to late 90s. And Nickelodeon never really re-aired these shows, which is a travesty in my opinion. Heartbreaking. So I was wanting to see if the two of you, we'll start with Robin, could describe what 15 was about and what the tone of the show was like. 
Okay, uh, what 15 was about? Well, basically, I think it was pretty pioneering in the sense that it dealt with issues that a lot of other TV shows wouldn't deal with drugs, alcohol, divorce, and it was all from a teen's perspective because there was never one adult scene on the entire show. So it was not being told how to deal with it or what the reality of it was, it was our reality, which was really cool because a lot of times it's a different perspective or an adult reality. So that was a really kind of cool thing. It, it was done in a in a three camera setup fashion. So it's like a sitcom, we filmed it on a, a studio stage and we had three cameras that were set up. It's like a soap opera actually. And mm -hmm. basically 15 was, it was like a teen soap. So it was filmed with three, three cameras and different angles that would catch us doing the scene. We'd normally do the scene once unless maybe a boom or something fell into the scene. But other than that, it was pretty much a one hit wonder because we would do rehearsals ahead of time and then film the whole show on one day. That just reminded me of when we would actually one hit wonder. It wasn't very often <laughs> where we would like nail something down in one take and that was it. You guys do that frequently? Were you guys good about that? Oh, literally, they wouldn't let us do it again unless there was a technical issue. So, yeah, oh, it was wow. it was every scene was just filmed once. Wow. I didn't know that. Okay, or if someone screwed up their line, but that was looked down upon. So, yeah, it was pretty mm -hmm. hardcore. And by the time we did a table read, we had to know our parts from all 13 episodes of that season. We wow. would do, go around the table for the entire day doing the whole 13 episodes. And we had to know all of our lines. Are you serious? dead serious and I, there's no way i could do that now no way that's, oh my, my goodness God, that sounds draconian yeah our rehearsal and table read like there were times we couldn't get the line straight at the table read we're looking at the friggin' scripts i guess they were so much more lax with us than they were with you guys all right well uh, chris tell us about welcome freshman what that show was about and what was the tone of that show like <laughs> Welcome Freshman was about the freshmen in high school. When people would ask me about it back then, one of my favorite responses was just to say, it's like Saved by the Bell, but funnier. But you know, it was about this very close -knit group of friends and their experiences specifically as freshmen in high school. Um, we never touched anything near the sort of weightier material that you would see on 15. Like 15 was, was a heavy show and we were definitely more on presenting the lighter side of awkward high school life thing. There were some sort of heavy stuff, but not even really. Like it's still pretty liberal usage of the word heavy. We were pretty much a good time show. For those who had never seen either show, both have described it pretty well. 15 was very much an overdramatic soap opera for teenagers. And Welcome Freshman was quite the opposite. It was still overacted and hammy and silly, but the point of it was it was silly. It was meant to poke fun at life in high school, especially from the perspective of a freshman. It's usually, at least the first two seasons, were very sketch-based. Mm -hmm. It yeah. wasn't one story that would go all the way through. It would be pick a topic, and then they would have different skits that would center on that theme. But season three, they went more with a sitcom format. Yes, they did. The kids from the show and, and, and I were all pretty much in touch. We don't hear from Jocelyn very often. We all went off and, uh, after the show and got normal lives. And Jocelyn's actually, I guess, attempting to save the world. <laughs> like she's the last <laughs> I heard, she was like in Uzbekistan rescuing the children or puppies or something like that. Like she's very, very serious. And we're all <laughs> like, kind of not. 
We keep in touch. We stumbled upon a thread a few years ago called Jump the Shark. And this is like a thread where they talk about old shows around the same area as, as ours and you know a little bit older some into the later 80s and such and when those shows got to be bad which is when they called it jumping the shark and for us mm-hmm. we were listed on there and there was a very hot debate about whether or not we jumped the shark between season two and three because a lot of people who were really enamored of that sort of sketch show format where you had your murphy you had mr history then you had the mall scenes and you had all of these different segments that revolved around a central theme and when we switched to uh, the standard sitcom format in the third season it really kind of became more of a Saved by the Bell clone. I think that sketch format is kind of what set us apart from some of the other teen ensemble shows that we're on. Mm -hmm. But some people say that they like the sitcom version better, that the sitcom format led to better, like deeper story development. And you know, maybe that's true too. I preferred the, the original format to the sketch show. There's a certain type of energy that I noticed for the earlier season. It was very quick pace. You can still keep up with everything. And for some reason, I kept thinking about Clarissa Explains It All when I was revisiting the earlier episodes, just because of the kind of type of curiosity and wonder that was imbued in the in the writing and how the kids interacted with each other and even, uh, you know, other characters like Mr. Littman. So it's fun to kind of see the show from the kids' perspective rather than just kind of the standard audience that's removed watching a story play out. So I can understand why people would be more favorable towards the earlier seasons. But having watched a a decent chunk of both of them, I think they each have their own pros and cons, even with their different cast members interchanging between the changing of the guard. So keeping with the theme that Chris had set up with the jumping the shark, Robin, do you feel that there was ever a point with 15 where they did the same thing? Yes, when I left the show. I was going to say. Yeah, would you, would you like to elaborate on that? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm not. That was, I'm not. That was no so, show. that was so Brooke. I had to say it. But, um, I mean, you, was such a part of the show. Yeah, she was like, like the core. When, when yeah. she was no longer on the show, it was really missing something. I was actually going to say that. And it, and it wasn't because, you know, you're our guest. No, I genuinely feel that way. When Brooke was no longer on the show, it was sorely missing that antagonistic personality. Yeah, it kind of, kind of sucked after that she was like the core of conflict she was just this badass wicked fount of hateration (laughs) (laughs) the person people loved to hate but no you know to be honest with you we didn't get nickelodeon in canada so i actually didn't watch once i wasn't on the show anymore i never saw what it was like after that so i have no idea except for now that it's on amazon prime it's reliving on amazon prime at least it found second wind through there because i know both welcome freshman and 15 didn't really have any uh dvd releases prior i know i looked for them and there was yeah yeah, bootleg black market releases then i know that you could get it through the 15 website for the Mm -hmm. first season you could get it through the website but then yeah then it's now reliving on uh Amazon Prime. That's awesome. Not that any of us have seen one cent, but just saying. (laughs) I mean, I could pay you directly for watching the first season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We might have to pay people to watch it. That's true. And I know that there are rights issues with with 15 and being on Paramount Mm. Plus, but Welcome Freshman should absolutely be on Paramount Plus with all the different properties. Yeah, you would think. But I I did know that they aired it on Splat a couple of years back in the mid-2010. So at least some people had an introduction to it if they missed it the first time around. Because I I didn't even know they aired it on Splat, really? Yeah, 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 it was early, around like 20, 2013, wow. 2014. They did like two runs of reruns through all the episodes and then it disappeared. So maybe they just had a limited contract for usage rights yeah. or something. 
we're totally like the cast off kids of Nickelodeon, like because they never mm. call us to tell us anything. They never call. They never write. Aww. Like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. We care. I, I know. I, I know. Care. I know. I know. <laughs> and we too. appreciate it deeply. We appreciate it so deeply. Trust us. Your your fans are out there. They may be few and far in between, but they're out there and eager to connect with you and the rest of the cast, wherever you guys are. I think I as think far as so like cool. 90s Nickelodeon fans go, there are so many of them and there are so many venues for people to check things out that building into one pool of community and, and nostalgia is kind of a hard thing to accomplish. But there are a lot of fans of both 15 and Welcome Freshman. It's just trying to find a way to reel them all in one place. The difference okay. is now I used to get bags and bags of hate mail. Really? <laughs> yeah, Brooke hate mail. And now it's nice because people who were, were super where, you know, they grew up with the show. They love the show. They maybe are now mm-hmm. showing their kids the show. They've reached out on Instagram and it's nothing but love, which is just yeah. so nice. Yeah. I think they finally again. realize that I'm not a real person. I'm not a mean <laughs> witch in real life. There's that divide. Right. That's really telling, though. That's telling of, uh, of the strength of your performance. I think now what we can at least address from the two of you describing some of the main characters of the show and what their personalities or story arcs were. So even though it was a pioneering show in terms of the topics we discussed, we were still pretty two-dimensional characters. <laughs> so the archetype of every type of person. So I was the school witch, the popular girl, the girl that made everyone's life miserable. I, I was always bullying in a rich, privileged kind of way, I guess, to make, I mean, if we were going to go deeper, I'd say she had deep problems where she wasn't, you know, validated in her own life. And it was supposed to be soap opera-esque. I had said in the interview before, the one we did that was live, I had said a couple seasons later, after taking some really good acting classes and intense studies, I came back where I was giving her layers and nuance to this character. And that was shut down so quickly. It wasn't even funny. They wanted me just to go back to that smirk at the end of the scene where I look off into the distance with that evil look on my face with that smirk Mm -hmm. so but anyways I was the mean girl then Todd Talbot played Matt and he was the jock his secondary storyline was that he had a drinking problem and he was dating the sweet girl who was Ashley the very pretty nice sweet girl girl next door Dylan was the rebel without a cause that was played by Chris Martin I should say that Laura Harris played Ashley. Courtney was the hippie girl played by Sarah Douglas. You know, and then there was the secondary characters like my best friend first season was played by Anuka Okuma. She played Kelly. Arsimon came in and she became friends with Courtney and Arsimon is played by Arsimon Johannes. The rebel Dylan got a kind of girl counterpart rebel whose name was Roxanne, played by mm-hmm. Roxanne. <laughs> then, of course, her. there was Ryan Reynolds, who was Billy, who was the younger brother, because there was a lot of the younger brothers and sisters to some of the main characters. Ryan Reynolds played Courtney's younger brother, Billy. Over on Welcome Freshman, tell us about some of the characters. I played uh, Kevin St. James, which is uh, odd in that I think the first season, Kevin's last name was actually Kevin Kelly. In the first season, I think it's episode six, uh, Language, mm-hmm. maybe, where one of the Mr. Histories, they go back in time to like the 1920s Prohibition era and they're, they're selling bootleg gum. My character was Machine Gum Kelly. And then later on, like the third season, you know, they wrote in Aaron Kelly and Grant Kelly and we were actually mm-hmm. shooting their first scene. I came in, I was like, hey, that's my last name. We should probably change one of their last names. And, and they were like, we're changing yours because nobody ever says your last name. And I was kind of hurt. I was like, 
They're two years in, and you're going to just throw my name out? Yeah, I called the name of one of my favorite hotels. Yeah, how about St. James? And they were like, yeah, we'll use that. That is so a I great claimed, name, though. It was my little contribution. So that was Kevin. He was kind of the cool kid, sort of the, the Zach Morris where He was always trying to find the, the shorter, slicker way through things. Pretty lazy in all ways, except for when he was trying to cut a corner. <laughs> and that was about <laughs> it. Then there was, uh, in the first season, there was Tara, who was kind of the environmental one. There was Merv, who was the actual nerd. Tara was played by Jill Setter, and Merv was Dave Roden. Jocelyn played Alex with the cool girl. She stayed through us the whole show. She was sort of the equivalent to Brooke's character, only not quite as, as malicious. <laughs> <laughs> Arian Ash played Aaron Kelly, and her older brother was played by Brock Bradley. He played Grant Kelly as uh, Alex's boyfriend. And he was very much the jock, Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. sort of guy. Like Robin says, these were fantastically one-dimensional characters. <laughs> Fifteen had 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 stories where stuff happened and like even when we went to sitcom style like there wasn't very much that happened in terms of the story arc or very much opportunity for a character to even develop itself we were not story driven at all it was pretty yeah. much about like the visual laughs and like the one-liners mm-hmm. the singers which is cool because we had 15 to cover the other end and you want mm-hmm. to see something that made you feel all morrissey or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely noticed when revisiting some of the episodes that a lot of them had a loose plot in them. The one that comes to mind is called The Stuff, where Walter invents some sort of like chemical accident in science class. And, um, you know, a lot of the times he was just making jokes like, oh, I did that by accident or, you know, something that would elicit a laugh. And then you got the typical Mr. Littman getting angry at him for being silly. Breaking yeah. something or ruining something. Yeah, so, as yeah. Per you, they did have storylines there. They just didn't seem to go too far beyond their typical character archetypes, which I found interesting because I thought they would have wanted to go a little bit deeper with the later season. I think the story arcs were mostly just to hit the, the one punchline and then move on. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Because I think they wanted to retain that aspect from the sketch comedy where it was more rapid fire. I have a question. Christopher, what would you say would be the age demographic that mostly tuned into your show if you're supposed to play ninth graders? The majority of our fans at the time I have found were eight to nine years old up to like 14, maybe. That always seemed kind of weird to me when we would do appearances or when, you know, when I would go somewhere and they would, some people would flock or whatever, was just the range of kids. Because it was one of those things as a child, I I never really thought of things like demographics, like who's watching the show. It never, you know, for the longest time, it never occurred to me that anybody was watching the show at all. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was living in Florida shooting it. You know, we were such an insular kind of environment where Disney Studios and Universal Studios were the two biggest things. And everybody knew everybody who worked there. So everybody in the town knew everybody who worked there. There were very few opportunities, at least during production, for me to see who was watching. I don't know if it was the same for you guys in Canada. I imagine you guys were pretty big off the rip in Canada. I think, and I think it took us a little bit of steam. No, really? Since you can't see, Robin was over here shaking her head. Just it's like, no, nope, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so it, it, it actually didn't blow up big until it became big in the States. And then Canada's like, oh, oh, it's cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that exact reaction. <laughs> okay. 
our demographic as yeah. well was very much, you know, I guess some parents would let their kids at five watch if they had older siblings. But I mean, I'd say five to like 13, because I'd say the kids at 13 mm. at that point were watching 90210. Because everybody always oh, yeah. wants to watch the ones that are much older, which mm-hmm. kind of would explain maybe why the story arcs weren't there, or why the nuance wasn't there. Because if you know you're playing to a crowd that's kind of tween and maybe a little younger, you don't really need that at that point. It's still mm-hmm. awesome for them to watch. I mean, and then the other demographic we had were the stoned college kids. We had a huge stoned oh, yeah. college kid demographic. I was not expecting that. I'm I got a lot of in. letters from really stoned college kids. They loved it. Oh. I don't know. They do the marathons. I have no idea. Wow. <laughs> It actually yeah. reminds me of Ren and Stimpy's demographic too, because when they got their start, it didn't necessarily hit with all the younger kids. Like some of them were into the gross stuff that they did, but a lot of people from college really tuned into it because it was just so far different than like the typical 80s cartoon that was based off of a toy to sell toys that was like cut and clean, squeaky clean. So in preparation for the interview with the two of you guys on our podcast, we had a couple segments that we we really wanted to do, and but we also had a set list of questions. And I was wondering if we would even get to all those questions because just by how we all got along so well at our last one we just kept riffing and giving all these fun tidbits of information like i don't i don't know if we would need to go through all these questions and i don't think we would have to but there were a couple because brett had come up with these and there were a couple really really good ones that i know that we didn't ask when i had spoken with you so brett i'm gonna hand it over to you for a moment let you look through those and see what couple because brett and i our our brains our, our brains work very differently. I can, I can just, yeah, I come up with stuff on the spot, and Brett is very, very organized. So I know he's got some written down. That I'm really organized right now. Yeah, a- Alex is the chaos, I'm the control. So yes. that's, we bounce <laughs> right. each other quite nicely as a result. I'll just run a few questions by you to see if, you know, I think any I wish memories. that the audience could see you guys visually as well with Alex wearing his ACDC rock shirt and his long hair, and then Brett in a really nice. You know, shirt, clean cut with his glasses. Yeah. Like, like, Alex is totally like the Maverick cop from the 80s buddy movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go by his desk, like, in the office, and there's, like, this crap all over the desk, and, like, somebody tries to move a picture, and he's like, no, 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 that's my system. You know what I mean? Like, he knows where everything is. Like, I'm looking at the picture, there's chaos, there's, like, cool posters, all the ACDC shirt, you're absolutely right. And then we look behind Brett, like, it's a very calm and serene setting. You should see that. Sweater on, he's got his glasses. And like, oh, you know, I got a whole wow. of 90s wow. Nickelodeon stuff on my wall over there. So, wow. yeah, I'm very but organized when it comes to this. Framed and neatly put. Yeah. yeah I was just about yeah. to say that. It's all like very, you know, very neatly put. Like, that's awesome. You guys are like the odd couple. All right, Brett, take it over with some questions, bub. Sure. What inspired each of you to audition for your respective roles on the show? To be honest with you, I would have auditioned for absolutely anything at that point in time a B horror movie a terribly written Hallmark if they had those back then, anything. I would have just auditioned for anything. So (laughs) here it was, this like teen soap opera thing. I was like, yeah, sure. What's this about? And then as I explained before, it was this massive, basically cattle call of anybody. They advertised it on the news stations. They advertised it in the newspapers. We had those things back then. (laughs) Yeah, I remember those. (laughs) Yeah, and I I went and my agent actually 
actually agents could submit people and send them, but for some reason, mine didn't think I'd be right for some reason. So I was like, hmm. well, really? screw you all. So I'm going to go. Yeah. Mm. And then they tried to take commission. I'm like, uh, bye-bye. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I was very happy when I did end up getting this show because I think it's such a great thing when you are young to be in a cast of all other young people and just to bond the way you did and connect. And a lot of kids that are on shows who are like secondary or tertiary characters, kind of they're the one or two only kids on the show. So it's not the same experience as being on an all kids. It was just such a fun time. Chris, how about you? Um, it's funny, I just moved down to Florida from New York, and we'd moved down specifically for the studios, because they just mm-hmm. opened up in New York, and I was doing um, commercials and print work mainly up there, and uh, we got the word the studios were opening up, and it's like, you know, really want a TV show, that would be awesome, um, and they're making a bunch of TV shows down there, so let's go. We went down there, and it, it took a minute before um, the audition popped up, you know, invariably it did. I was really fortunate to have gotten a call, I absolutely know that, but and then on the other side, I think to myself, it was only a matter of time there were so many shows and they were calling everybody like Robin right. said they were putting the ads out I mean I had an agent at the time but it didn't matter because it was an open call so mm-hmm. everybody was getting the calls and everybody was showing up and there were quite a few kids that auditioned and it was a it was a long process it took you know a few weeks or whatnot yeah for me just moving to Florida in of itself even at the age I was at at the time I'd been working in the business for a while so the move to Florida was more of a business decision I suppose than I wanted a show I wanted the show badly and I knew that there was no way I could get one in York, <laughs> and it was just it was really super fortunate that Universal opened and Disney had opened studios right there at the time you know and I had family down in Florida so it was an easy, was an easy transition to make you, know? you went on your own or with your family oh no no I went with my family definitely don't get me wrong yeah I was searching <laughs> so I went, you know, <laughs> uh, my mom and I were the last to leave the city so my brother was already in Florida but he was in Tampa in college oh nice it was, a, it was a great process. I was intimidated because it was a television show and I'd never, it was the biggest thing I'd ever done uh, mm-hmm. up to that point. And I, and I really had an idea of what was going to be required was, uh, was pretty far away from what was actually required. <laughs> like, like oh. in terms of... Uh, story arc and character development like Brooke was saying like you know like I had this idea that I was yeah this is definitely going to be my ticket to the Emmy <laughs> it's definitely not the Joey awards pretty much those are the key <laughs> awards <laughs> sometimes you never know where life takes you but uh sometimes it works out in strange ways yeah, yeah, it did. I, I have no regrets at all. It was definitely one of the golden points of my life. Just mm. one, one of the highlights when I look back, especially professionally, all the things that I've done. Like I learned more about the business and about myself. And, and like says, you get to working with these people and, you know, eventually you see them more than you see your family, you know, and then your social life, if you have a social life, generally tends to stray towards the industry and the people that you, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you do. Like if you work at a bar, mm-hmm. like you go out to other bars with your bar friends you know right I mean? yeah people are already into what you're yeah. doing yeah yeah people yeah. are into what you're doing so you you know you can become fairly if not removed you can become pretty insulated from the rest of real life versus you know the whole movie magic thing yeah. but it was you know it was such a great experience to come out like years later this many years later and and to be talking now with you guys and and also with robin is just like an, an incredible thing it just it blows my mind every time i talk to you guys it blows my mind that people are still interested and that there's still mm-hmm. interest there and even though i know it is the interwebs have found a way to bring them all together in a few places but it just yeah, it really blows my mind so it's just i feel really fortunate to have been a part of it certain bonds just just last even 30 years yeah 40. hard to believe time flies yeah. like that um really do. 
yeah i i just i'm well, very humbled some of us apparently <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah some of, us look, some of us don't look as though we've aged all that much <laughs> yeah oh i know we, we should be on a game show guess my age <laughs> but to the youngins who are laughing going oh, why, why do old people always talk about how old they are it's just because you blink and the next thing you know, you'll be our age. So watch out. Yeah, yeah. They don't they don't realize how fast time accelerates the older you get and it only ramps up. I wonder if that's because like when you're young, the clock is ticking up. And when you like after you get to a certain point, then it just starts like a countdown. Is that yeah? That oh. I knew once I hit 30, I was running out of time. So I'm just constantly like fighting the clock to get oh, new work no. out. That's terrible. That breaks my heart, Brett. Like at 30, you were running out of time. Brett, yeah. my 40s were one of my favorite decades. Do you have a favorite episode? Good, good. No, I, I you go because I need time to think. <laughs> okay. I don't even uh, know if I can remember. Actually, my favorite episode might be language. It might be the one that I was telling you about language. I got to dress up like a 1920s gangster, and I really liked that wardrobe. That nice. was pretty cool. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty cool, right? I got like a suit, like a zoot suit. Like I had a yeah. nice and I tried my best there. to steal those clothes, and it did not work. Mine, you know, the thing is, it's really hard to remember that long ago. And it's not just because yeah. it's how long ago it was. It's mostly because when all this stuff is, you're, you're just a child. I was, I was 18 at the time. So I was just coming mm -hmm. out of high school and my whole life was opening up ahead of me. And I was like in a different country, different city. And the whole world was buzzing and spinning around me. So there was right. so much going on. I was just kind of on this crazy ride and just went with it. But I loved the, the episodes where I got to make fun of myself and, <laughs> and like make Brooke look like an idiot. I had so much fun from the outside in making Brooke look like an idiot. So she had one where she had to run for school president and she gave a speech, that. which was just ridiculous. And there yeah. was one where we had a talent show and she thought she was amazing. And I had a tap dance, but she was terrible. So I loved <laughs> the episodes where people could laugh at me, not with me. Those mm. were fun. And then I also loved the episode that I tried to steal Dylan the rebel. Yes. And I wore that, what I thought was a really sexy dress at the time. <laughs> I think, thank you. And I got to keep it and I loved it for years and I wore it for years. But just because up until that point, I always played really dorky characters. So it was really nice for once to just play somebody and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm the girl that's stealing the guy. Like, wow. <laughs> right? So uh, that, that was fun. Great answers. Alex, do you have a favorite episode that stands out for either show for you? Uh, for either show, uh, the episode, I can't think of the name of it. I think it was Seniors or something like that for Welcome Freshman mm -hmm. episode where they were just constantly jealous of the seniors and they stole Mr. Lippman's car. Well, they didn't steal it. Oh. They were they were washing yeah. it. That, that Jeep thing yeah. and they had the fast motion going on. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. That scene in particular has, has stuck with me more so than anything. And <laughs> I can't think of the, the episode cool. title, but I believe it was season three of 15 and it was at the episode where matt was actually offering dylan to stay at his mm. parents house because at the beginning of the series the two of them were just at each other and matt was constantly i don't have a drinking problem every yeah. single episode <laughs> <laughs> but, 
That's but true. He did the, say that a lot. But yeah. season three, he had come a long way and was actually giving an olive branch to Dylan. And mm. that particular, I think he had the biggest development in terms of character. And I really, really liked where that character was going at that point. And that was the very moment that I was like, this episode is my favorite. Oh, cool. Connecting with the, the, the male characters on it and then seeing maybe yourself or people you knew through that at that time. That's really cool. That was probably cool. the deepest it got. <laughs> and we'll take I forgot it, to right? say I liked I I liked when I got a pie in the face. That was fun. <laughs> we had it again one take wonder, so I only got it in my face once. But oh. Roxanne was really good at shoving it in my face. <laughs> you guys must have been such professionals compared to where we were. Like you had to do it in one take. There were times where we screwed takes up on purpose. Like just screw it around. You know, we like we you know right. we're doing like a pickup shot where we're doing. Like an, like an over-the-shoulder shot camera's not going to see me so i'm sitting there like making faces at brock or something <laughs> like that you know and just trying to make each other laugh and then they'd screw the whole thing up we'd have to do it over again and they were like really accommodating and cool with that and poor robin they're, episode they're just, a day that sounds like the oliver twist of production <laughs> it, it makes me wonder how different your characters would be if they simply switch shows like if kevin was on 15 or brooke was on welcome freshman how the dynamic would change with the rest of we the cast. We actually talked about that. We were hoping they were going to do that. We were trying to kind of pitch it. But Ooh, see, if like we get, see if we can get that worked out. That would be, yeah, some kind of crossover. Like, that would be sick. I, the SAW like, superhero shows. I, I, feel like, I feel like the kids at Hillside would have hated Kevin. <laughs> I think they would have hated Kevin. I'm pretty sure. Like There could have been some tension there. But I, I think you would probably get along with Dylan, the rebel. Oh, yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe yeah. They could brood together. <laughs> my favorite episode would probably be i believe it's called technology from season one of welcome freshman i remember that one really gripping my attention first watching it and then there was one where like everyone got purple lips due to frozen yogurt that i remember from my early yeah. childhood <laughs> yeah yes, i do i that, remember that so one really stood out to me yeah. um i don't yeah, know yeah. the name of it but that was like my earliest memory of welcome uh, freshman. Lip Dramata, maybe Lip Dramata. yeah and oh, then for oh. 15 I would probably say either the dislocated Swede or the party from season one, because I'm kind of a sucker for earlier episodes of any series. But I just really like the drama building there at the party and seeing them out of the school setting for a change. And yes. also for the dislocated Swede, just kind of getting introduced to outside characters like Olaf, who start to befriend Billy and like learn to play chess with him. And that's where we kind of saw the starting point for a lot of these overarching issues developing under the surface for other characters like Matt with his alcoholism and then Brooke kind of plotting to get in the way of Courtney by putting on the moves of Dylan. So it's mm -hmm. fun to see kind of things gain momentum in that way for the show. Think how different it was back then when the immigrant coming to school was a Swedish person. Like, that's <laughs> really that weird. Was that was a big deal. You have a Swede. Boy. Gotta be careful with those Swedes, you, you know. You gotta be careful yeah. with those Swedes. They will come in and bring all kinds of complex furniture. You have no idea. Right? You don't know life. how to fold it or sit on it or what? Yeah, what do you do? How do you even read the direction? How do you and their names. their names. Their names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they never recover. <laughs> Viewers at home, we do not bash any foreigners. We're just having a we're having a goof. <laughs> now, now, if the Swedes were wearing suede, that would be really right. sweet. That would be that would be really sweet. I'm my sure. roommate from New York for years, and one of my closest friends, John Kim, he's Korean, and he actually is one of the top designers in Sweden. Lives in Sweden and oh, works wow. for IKEA. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> he went he went the other way. 
It's like a six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. He's related to the show. <laughs> and I asked, well, I said, what's the names of the furniture mean? And he's like, nothing. They're just made up names. Just made <laughs> so up they, names. They, they totally got us all tricked. <laughs> they're, not, they're not even real Swedish words. Yeah. That's great. For Robin, what was your favorite yes. part about doing the show at Nickelodeon Studios versus Vancouver and Ontario? Well, A, it was Universal Studios. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to go out every day and we had free reign of the studios. So we got to go to the theme parks whenever we want. We could walk around. We got to know all the staff that worked there, like the people that sang and danced and did shows and the staff that worked at the food places. And I don't know, we felt like a part of a bigger, like it was like we were one cell in a body of many cells. And, and that was working at Universal Studios. It was also amazing exercising my green card status. My father's American. And I was planning to, right before I got 15 anyways, I was planning to move to New York. Just kind of sped the process up a little bit. You know, Vancouver was great, but it didn't feel as legit as it did when it was at Universal Studios mm -hmm. in Florida. And then Ontario was even smaller when we were in Ottawa. It's even, yeah, it's the capital of Canada, but it's very political like it's just you know a lot of guys in tweed suits mm. so it was really boring and slow there it was cool that we were in the um original house of slime because it was where they filmed you can't do that on television yeah. Legendary. And, uh, so we got to film there but the coolest thing about filming there was the fact that picture was on the wall in the hall but that's about <laughs> it I mean, other than that i you know it was definitely the coolest out of the three to be in florida plus the weather can't beat the year-round sunshine huh <laughs> plus meeting christopher oh thanks. we're gonna move on to one of our final sections of the interview without further ado let's think fast to make the grade all right so question one for welcome freshmen Mr. Lippman often fantasizes about being what profession during school? And there's a bonus point if you can name his office attendant companion who does the badunch on the drums. Oh, oh well, everybody knows Mr. Lippman's uh, lifelong dream was to be a comedian. And uh, that, poor Miss Petruca had to back him up on the drums. That is huh? correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good job. Good we, job. I loved Miss Petruca. She was one of my favorite characters. I loved her. Which basketball playing student cast member dates Ashley? And what problem does he often wrestle with outside of school? Oh, well, that was Matt. And Matt has a drinking problem. <laughs> Correct. And if we didn't address it earlier in this episode, he will be happy to address it 15 more times within 20 minutes of the episode. <laughs> Just in case you didn't forget. <laughs> yes. That's why it was really called 15. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So the score is tied Perfect. two to two because those were two-part questions, one point each. Uh, so question two for Welcome Freshman. In the season three episode, Rhymes with Liar, which singing sensation appears to perform on stage and what song do they sing? Oh, that would be Shanice and I Love Your Smile. That is correct. And that yeah. She was awesome. I developed like a, a very cool like like for her. It was a very big deal for her to come by. And she was so sweet and such like a cool person to shoot with. It was great. She was great. I just wanted to That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I loved it. Yeah, I love that yeah. song. 
But yeah, I actually thought of that episode when you mentioned your character's last name change because of the hotel, because you were actually a bellhop in that episode yes. who was carrying her heavy bags into her room and yep. um, had to get Aaron's demo tape to her. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly what it was. And actually, yep. Arian, uh, Arian's a, a great singer herself. So, and at the time, it was such a big deal for her to be able to meet she. She was already a fan of hers anyway. So she, she spent. Was that was that a legit demo tape that she sent to her on the show? Oh no, no, no! That was like my stuff. That was that thing. Gotcha. So, yeah. you know. All right, on to fifteen. What is the name of the foreign exchange student in the episode "The Dislocated Swede"? And what exactly does he bond with Billy over? Thank goodness you just answered this. We talked about it, but I did. I did know. I did know it was Olaf. I would have never known it was chess, but I do mm. know now because I was listening and paying attention. <laughs> we like to drop hints for you. Yeah, but that is correct. So far, it's tied up two to two or four to four since they're each two parts. So, question three for welcome freshmen. In 1992, there was a Nick Arcade special featuring four members from the cast of Welcome Freshmen. Which ones were contestants? And you can give me either their character names from the show or their real names. Okay, so I'm going to say Kevin, Alex, Walter, Aaron, and Manny. I hate wrong? to break it to you. <laughs> Here's what I got. There was Mr. Lipman, yep. who is Mike Speller. There was right. Walter... Yep. Rick Galloway, okay. Tara, who is Jill Setter Rusk, and Billy Nick Barnes. Nick Maybe there Barnes. was two. Billy there was two of them. No, no, no. I'm sure you have it absolutely right. I think yep. I'm confusing your question with a, a game show that Jocelyn and I did at a certain point. I can't even remember the name of the game show. Oh, Get the Picture. You were on Get the Picture. Yeah, we played yep. Get the Picture. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what I was remembering when you answered your question. Oh, crap. Right. That sucks. Well, you oh, actually got... Okay that question correct so if you want i can still give you points <laughs> oh, you, you guys are the nicest I know, right? I know. We'd, be, we'd be fired after episode one on on think fast to make the great if it were an actual game show <laughs> another easy one what is the name of the diner that the kids hang out at outside of school the avalon ding, that was ding, my ding. favorite set you got it back to welcome freshman number four in the season three premiere episode, Things Change, the cast gets shaken up, resulting in two departing freshmen and three new arrivals, a sophomore and two freshmen. Which two freshmen students leave and why? And which two freshmen replace them? And bonus if you can mention the sophomore that came in. Okay, so the two freshmen that left uh, were Merv and Tara. Tara moved to a biodome, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And Merv. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what happened to Merv. I can't remember what Merv did. He uh, skipped ahead to college. Oh, he skipped ahead to college. That's right. Of course he did. Why couldn't I just <laughs> think of that? The two freshmen that came in were Manny and Aaron Kelly. And that is correct. The sophomore, I think, was, uh, well, no, Grant was a senior. Weren't we all sophomores uh, at that point? No, no, you're right. It was Grant. Okay, it was Grant. Okay. You got it. 15, <laughs> question four. Why does Brooke leave after season three on the show? And does her bestie Kelly go with her? Well, Kelly does not go with her because Kelly left after first season. So she wasn't even my bestie anymore. That was a trick question. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I think a character named Claire was my best friend after that. 
think. I can't remember who my best friend was. Okay. And then I (laughs) left this actually, but, but you're asking me why I left, but they made that up for the season I wasn't on, but I think I've heard through the grapevine that I was shipped off to boarding school somewhere. But that Uh, that would have been said in season four, right? Because I didn't know what they said about me. On Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of season three, Brooke was moving to Paris. They already knew I was fired. (laughs) 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 Well, Paris. Well, excellent. I'm so glad she got there. Not a bad place. Now she can have all the fashion she wants, and exactly. No, I think I think they changed the story after after season four had started. But yeah, at the end of season three, Brooke was leaving for Paris. This one might be a trick question too, but it should be easy when you think of it. Out of all the student cast members of Welcome Freshman, which is the only one who remains a freshman across all three seasons? Oh, that'd be uh, Walter. That is correct. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> happened some... to know why. <laughs> yeah, because he was held back. That is Walter why. Was, Walter was held back. He did not hit the book. Although it's weird. We had like a whole episode about him hitting the book and then evidently it wasn't enough. I think they mentioned in one episode that the teachers couldn't stand one more year of him. So they just bumped him up, <laughs> you know, to get rid of him. Yeah, let's hear it for the American education system. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so 15, question five. Which seasons of 15 was filmed at Nickelodeon Studios? Oh, that would be my third season and then their fourth and fifth season. Oh, wow. That is correct. Guys are tied up pretty much. Okay. All right. The final question for both shows. Which show had more episodes produced? Was it 15 or Welcome Freshmen? Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say 15. I was going to say 15, too, because I know we were 13 episodes for five seasons. Yeah, I think we were only four. And you had 13 that- episodes each season as well? Yeah. That is correct. Yay! Okay. We All both right. won. It's a tie. <laughs> yeah. It's my yeah, favorite yeah. kind. Fif- yes. 15, for the specifics, 15 had 65 episodes and Welcome Freshmen had 59. So not too far off. I'm nope. so glad that we did this in trivia. Like I didn't, I thought my fear was going to be, it was like a steel cage match or something. I can't oh. handle. You know, yeah, that'd, can't be, that. that'd be too brutal for our third episode. We got to save that for like the hundredth episode special. <laughs> okay. me, she, she's, she's in great shape. She just finished me quickly. There wouldn't be much of a show. I got a bad knee. It's just, it's like, <laughs> right? No good well, right. thank you so much. You are both winners for Think Fast to Make the Grade. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's a winner. We do have one final competition thing to do. This one, we can't have a tie. This one is actually going to be up to the listeners. We are now going to have each of you pretty much running for Hillside and Hawthorne as as class president. Uh, Because you, you are both going to represent each show to determine which show is best. Oh, no. Well, I already <laughs> ran for president at, at Hillside, so I have experience. Oh, my God. <laughs> that you do. Oh my so what we're going to do is I'm going to give each of you a category, and then you are going to try to convince the listeners why your show is best in this category. So the first category is which show had the best characters? I think Why Welcome the- Freshmen had better characters in that our characters weren't restricted to uh, as heavier content. And, you know, I think we were also a little bit more fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> you did have the 90s grunge movement. We just had it going for you. Know, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for some of those 90s fashions that we were on the cutting edge of at the time. You know, so that's a You had a bigger budget. <laughs> Did we have better characters? That's hard to say. I think we had cooler characters. <laughs> okay. Clearly, they were better. 
All right, Robin, why should listeners go with 15 for better characters? Can I cross the floor? (laughs) (laughs) Why did 15? Because 15 represented every type of kid that is in high school. And so every person out there could identify with somebody that was in 15. And that's why I feel we have stronger characters. Okay. Now our second category is story arc or skits. Obviously, Welcome Freshman did a bit of both, but which one had the most memorable stories or skits? What made our show most memorable, especially during those first two seasons, uh, when we, if if, you know, if we're going to talk about skits, is that although we had themes that we played against, the skits and the little break sketches sort of allowed us to, to, to play with a little bit more creativity within the confines of the characters that we had. You know, you're still pretty much the same character, but now you're the same character in 1500s Germany as Walter invents the sandwich. <laughs> and you get like a, you know, or maybe maybe you're, it's not even a historical piece. You know, now I'm the president of really good industries or, you know, I'm trying to sell Kevin's school of teacher translation or something. A little bit of funness there that we could, we could play with in skits that you don't get to do with in storylines. All right, Robin, what about 15 had the better stories? Yeah, we didn't really have any skits except for, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, guess Brooke being such a caricature of herself, that was skit, <laughs> skit in a way. It's really hard. <laughs> I know. Because I think I think Welcome Freshman was a really fun show. Ours was extremely dramatic and and very soap opera like. So it depends what your jam was. But if you like to get deep in and get all involved and wrapped up in people's lives, I mean, definitely our show was the show to get all wrapped up in. Um, But like you said, Chris's show kept a faster pace because you know if Matt said every single episode, I'm not an alcoholic. I swear that these out there on the internet that should be a drinking game drink every time that says i'm not, alcoholic. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic well oh, okay. trust me trust me it is, it a, is. Drinking game. It is a drinking game I'm sure. there Ironic. is 15 drinking games out there so well, uh, should... but uh i i would just say you i don't have an argument i, I think Chris won this <laughs> well i'm i will I'm say Brooke, vote for me <laughs> i will say as an unbiased opinion moderator between the two uh as far as 15 more as an observation welcome freshman was fun skits and they were all tied to a theme 15 had some pretty which robin had mentioned earlier some pretty deep issues uh i know she did say that that at one point it was the deepest it got at one point when we were talking about my favorite episode but they did deal with divorce and alcoholism and uh peer pressure Mm -hmm. and they went with more thematic stuff whereas welcome freshman didn't like you said it's very much up to you listeners of which style you like more which story arc resonated more with you the the more thematic stuff or the more lighthearted fun stuff it's completely up to you yeah the, uh, and alex way- alex nance is now my vice president we're running together <laughs> <laughs> that's what you'll have, you have to beat me and brent the way I see it, it's like 15 is a multi-course meal and then Welcome Freshman is like a really tasty appetizer or dessert. Yeah, they have a very like similar yeah, nature. Yeah, to that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can watch our show, you can marathon our show and never fill up. Uh, you can three. have a few episodes of ours and feel really, really sick. <laughs> <laughs> Real Logie. <laughs> Real, yeah, exactly. Totally. All right, exactly. Our, our third category, which should be pretty quick, which one had the best theme song that's a tough one 
would say 15 <laughs> has the way better theme song because it really encapsulates the end of the 80s with all that electronic <laughs> synthesizer type music crossing over because you are going from teenage years to adult years where you might have heard something about adult films out there that kind of <laughs> slow move towards knowing what that music was and that's why I would say yay for 15 for, for yeah. opening up the eyes of many you know teenage yeah. kids in the early 90s yeah. oh, great, great response all right Chris wow. welcome freshman well, I think we're getting an explicit rating for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was Absolutely. as PC as I could be. Hey, <laughs> props for doing so. That's Thank great. You. That is a, I think, you know, Welcome Freshman, it, it's funny, man, but Welcome Freshman theme song is actually one of my favorite parts of it. It's just kind of grungy pop, definitely kind of sweet, but there's this kind of rough guitar band drum section and I just kind of, I just kind of dug that because it's fun and just raw a little bit. I'm not quite sure what kind of adult film I would place it in. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's. I don't room. even know Come if on. I could sing the theme song. Can you? Can you sing or hum the theme song? It's a real headbanger. <laughs> it is. That's cool. Yes, the both shows came out in the 90s, and both shows did not get a whole lot of love after they went off the air. There was a lot of stuff that were resonated with audiences. How would the shows resonate with audiences today? Which show is the most relevant? Kids have problems. I mean, we all have problems, but I mean, kids go through stuff. Their stuff's even heavier today. Like, I think the stuff that we had in our show back then is as big as it was then. Yes, kids still deal with it today and then add a million things onto that. Our show then was on today. It would kind of be a walk through the park compared to the, the stuff that they're dealing with now. Yeah. I don't envy them. And if it doesn't kill them, it'll make them stronger. So I think all of the stuff, the things that teenagers go through would still resonate today in the yeah. sense that they're always going through things. All right, Chris, how does Welcome Freshman resonate with audiences today? It, it doesn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're not helping your case. <laughs> I think, um, no, I'm kidding. I think um, where that show really shined was just in providing a space for awkward kids in transitional stages to sort of 
have their own place to be awkward and not be burned for it. Like, I guess every teen sort of sitcomy show like ours had that kind of awkward kid character and kind of exemplified that. But I think Welcome Freshman made it a point to sort of address that awkward transitional stage of being a freshman and what all that encompasses. You know, there's new freshmen every year. There's always, there's always going to be a generation of kids that have to go from eighth grade children to high school quasi-adults and there's always that freakishly hellish period in between that we all have to go through. And like Robin says, I can't imagine what it must be like going through that now. I mean, that's, that seems like hell of a brand new flavor. Slimesters, take those arguments into account and email us at splatattack2021 at gmail.com and let us know which show you think by those arguments is the better show. Well, there's not really much more to say. I think it's time to uh, pack our bags and head home from school. Robin, Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight to relive all these fond memories of Welcome Freshman and 15. No matter what show 90s Nickelodeon fans are into, it's just been a pure delight to go down memory lane with you guys and hopefully provide some insight to our listeners why these shows are so special to people back then who watched it and also the people who remember it even today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. As always, you guys, thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Brett. Alex, always a pleasure. You know, hit me up. We love to talk. I love to talk to you guys. Robin, it's so good to see you again. Yes, you too. We got to do this outside of interviews, man. (laughs) I know. know. We can't just just leave it to Brett and Alex to like, you know, fix their social schedule for us. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If only we were like geographically closer, we can like hang out on Fridays after working and get a drink. <laughs> Wouldn't that oh God, be nice? Be so Wouldn't that when when the world opens up again, maybe right? we'll try oh that. Oh my God! Like, all right, slimesters, we're gonna head home from uh, Hillside and Hawthorne High. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you are listening into our podcast, you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Listen Notes, among many others. And we also have a Facebook group. Feel free to communicate with us there. Uh, we're also active on Instagram at Splat Attack Podcast. Join the conversation, relive some 90s memories with us. We're all about connecting with our listeners. You know, email us at splatattack2021 at gmail.com. If you're still into email, send us your questions, your thoughts on the episodes, any future topics you would like us to cover. All right, guys, we're going to head out today. See you later, Slimesters and Gatcoids. Brooke for president. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What will we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Oh, bye-bye. That is all. <laughs> Thank you. Freshman. What a curse. <laughs>